Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hey everybody, this is the BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by Total Beverage. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you guys about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners. If you didn't know by now, Total Beverage is delivering beer, wine, and liquor to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge down to Erie. For a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $10 off your $50 or more purchase on their website and on their app. Use the promo code BSN10 to save $10 off your $50 or more purchase for all of your parties and events and have it delivered straight to your door. Now let's jump into the show. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast, powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Going to work, crisscrossing with Jost. Right in, turned out by Jari. That was a one-on-two. And Jost. The best avalanche coverage in Denver. Hello and welcome in. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. I am your host, Jesse Montano, joined by the one and only AJ Hayfley. AJ, we have so much to get to here on this cold and snowy Monday morning in mid-April here in Denver. How you doing? How was your weekend, sir? Too short, honestly. Always is. Yeah. Always is. Every <clears throat> other day stuff is crazy to me that they just do it the entire postseason. Dude, like, I'm, I'm looking at the NBA, and the NBA is like, oh, hey, yeah, here's two days off because you guys have been on the grind. And, you know, I guess there are other reasons like, you know, oh, hey, the the abs also need to use the Pepsi Center. But, right, like. It just like it's strange to me that the NBA is like, yeah, sure, we'll give them two days off, and the NHL is like, nine. <laughs> yeah, they will play uh, every other day. And you're like, okay, whoa, whoa, there, chief. All right, fine, it's fine. And it's like, it's so, it's just, it's odd to me. Like, I think it's, I think it's weird. No, I. It's funny because it's actually making me look at the NBA. Like, I feel like the NBA is the weird one. Uh, you know, not not playing every other night, but I also know at the same time that it's it's the NHL that's weird, and I'm just I'm part of this group, so I think other groups are weird. <laughs> you know, um, well, it just it's it's like like after the first round, I got that they wanted to get it going. Like, okay, let's get round two going. You know, when we want games on the weekend, and but like teams that played on in game sevens. 
you know, oh, hey, we had an overtime in a game seven. Awesome. You guys go from double overtime in a game seven win in Washington to what? It was like, it was like 40 hours later, they started game one. Mm-hmm. And it was well, like, okay. Well, it's worked out pretty well for the uh, the Hurricanes so far, which we will talk about later. But we've got two games to talk about uh, here for, for the Avs today. Uh, let's start. We'll talk very briefly uh, about game one as it's now in the uh, in the rearview mirror a little bit. Um, but AJ, let's let's talk about it quickly. Game one, uh, honestly, I, I thought it was a good start for the abs. I liked their first period. Uh, I thought it was a it was it was a nice way to come out for a team that normally we see be very, very flat after long breaks. I think I was impressed by the fact that they were able to uh, come out with some jump. Uh, yeah, I mean, given that they've like so badly struggled um, on on the first game back from long breaks that they they came out the way they did was encouraging. Um, that it didn't continue that way was discouraging. Yeah, uh, it definitely was. Uh, in 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 your opinion, so again, the Avs start really well. I, I think a lot of people, including the players, would agree that for the most part, they controlled the first period of of game one, and then the Sharks made an adjustment. and And AJ, what what was that adjustment that that made it so difficult for the Avs? Well, the one thing is that they they slow down the the breakouts uh, when you. When you get in the when you get in the middle of the ice and you just clog it up and you don't let them build up any speed through the neutral zone, uh, either either a guy skating it out, you know, uh, you know Barry cutting through a couple of different people or whatever, mm-hmm. um, or or you have uh, you know you're you're moving the puck around, blah 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 blah. Um, when you slow Colorado down, they have to adjust. Like that's that's what they want to do, and they struggled with that. I mean, the San Jose found a way to uh, to do it, and you know, one of the things that I noticed that they were doing is that they were crashing in hard on the forecheck, and they were, you know, Colorado likes to reverse pucks around. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the okay, hey, you're coming at me. Well, I'm just gonna reverse it around behind me, and then we're gonna just build it from there. Uh, San Jose was sending, uh, they were sending one guy to go after the, the puck carrier. They're sending another guy to kind of just go crash in on the guy that they're reversing the puck to. And that left the defenseman with the option of, I can either chip this out and hope that one of my guys can make a play in the neutral zone, or I can try to reverse this again to that guy who's already covered over there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, you know, most of the time it was, it was a lot of chip, 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 chip. And it, it just, that's not, that's not how they're going to be successful. It's not what they do. Colorado's not a team built to win those little battles along the wall, those little puck battles. Um, it's just not, it's not, it's not who they are. It's not their identity. Their identity is to get it out and to skate it out and, uh, and to build up speed through the neutral zone and create uh, transition chances and, and rush chances, which is what defined the series against Calgary. And it's what 
it's what going into this series was going to make things so difficult uh, for the Avs was that that stylistic difference. If mm-hmm. San Jose sunk their teeth in and they really got going, um, that and they won and they won the style battle, they were going to win the game. Uh, we saw that in game one. They pushed back. They got this. They got the. They started to clog up the neutral zone. They started to dictate what doing exactly what they wanted to do, and they, you know, and they 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 certainly got a couple of good bounces along the way, and hey, made their own luck, right? Mm-hmm. So so let's. That was game one. We all know how it went. Uh, it was funny. You you put it on Twitter. And I had the exact same thought when Gabe Bork felt or Gabe Bork scored was wow this feels a lot like Game One against Nashville last year, and then I saw you uh, you had said that to someone later on Twitter. Great minds I think alike. Yeah, well, and, I mean identical scores, right? Like they were both mm-hmm. uh, they were both five few games included a Gabe Bork goal. Colorado scored first and early. Um, yeah, and it was and it was very much like it was very much the same kind of game where the Avs the Avs had the early game and then the opponent had the late game and then kind of ran away with it at the end. Um got a ridiculous goal and you were just kind of like, "Okay, like come on. This is whatever." You know, where you yeah. you get upset because you're like, "That's such such a nonsense goal." Yeah. Well, let's let's um Fast forward to uh, to game two then. We know how game one went. And honestly, game two kind of started more of the same. It was a lot of San Jose clogging up the neutral zone. You know, the old uh, uh, the old Tampa Bay 1-3-1. And I was sitting there watching it. And I said, are we really about to do this? Are we really about to do the, the slow down 1-3-1, clog the neutral zone? No creativity from either team. No speed. No skill on display. Just... Clog it, capitalize on your opportunities. And I said, you know, the Avs need to go into the locker room, and if they can make the adjustment and break out of this, then they're going to have a good shot here tonight. If not, this is going to be a very, very long and slow series. Um, Avs went in, made the adjustment, and they were all over them. What adjustment did they make, AJ? Well, they they continued. San Jose continued with the clogging up of the neutral zone, right? They their layering was really good. Uh, so Colorado said, "Hey, we need to figure out a way to get through them." And what's you know, if speed is going to be your main factor, you know, what's the what's the obvious solution, right? It's it's to go over the top. And so they started dumping in pucks high from the neutral zone instead of trying to pass them out. Uh, and pass through everybody and generate speed that way, they said, okay, well, we'll use our speed to win foot races to pucks. And that's exactly what they did. So they started dumping pucks into the zone uh, over the top and and forcing them to chase. Um, Caused a couple of icings. They beat out a couple of icings. Of course, there's the one, I guess you could call it controversial icing because Mark Edward Vlasic is whining about it, but... Mm -hmm. Um, he got beat. Um, you know, ranted and had the had the track. You can also, if you also go and like l- listen to the actual game sound, uh, you can hear the official screaming "No, no, no!" Right. So, uh, you're bad, baddie. <laughs> um, 
But really, like it was uh that's that's what Colorado decided to do. They said, okay, well you we'll utilize our speed in a different way. We will uh we'll go over the top, we'll fly over the top of what you guys are doing, uh, and then we'll we'll use our speed to win foot races into the corners. Mm-hmm. And while I just said not that long ago, that's not who they are to win the board battles and to play that kind of game, when you're using your speed to get there first, uh, and you're creating a consistent 50-50 puck. I mean, you're gonna get, you're gonna win some, you're gonna lose some, and it worked a hell of a lot better than what they were trying to do, which was, you know, <laughs> it was, it was like, I don't know, I don't, I don't know a proper analogy for it. It was like watching, <laughs> or, it was bad. Like I, it was, it was. I guess quicksand would be a good one. It was like they were skating in quicksand in that first period. And, you mean? Yeah, well, what's exactly. what's so tough, man, is is you watch that and and you you on dude, you honestly you think back to, uh, you know, youth hockey growing up, and, and when you played a team that, you know, if you were in a tournament, it was oh, okay. You know, we can easily beat these guys. That's the exact kind of stuff that they would do when when a team knows that they are outclassed from a skill and speed standpoint. Your only hope is just clog the middle, just clog it up. Don't let them through, uh, you know, hold the line. You know, they, 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 you know, you could tell the uh, NBC, NBC crew thought it was uh, very clever. They were calling it a teal picket fence. They really liked it. Um, Seriously. Yeah. Um, but, Yikes. but you know, that, that that's what you do against a team that you know, you can't skate with and you know, you can't keep up with the level of skills. You just clog, 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 clog. And oh, by the way, it makes it easy when when you're, you're you're clogging through the middle, and then your one player retrieving pucks is either Eric Carlson or Brent Burns. Um, so you know that was that was what they were doing. It was like you said, there, there's no good analogy for how the Avs looked, but that's when when a team is doing that to you, it does. It takes a while for you to be able to kind of break out of that because they're not doing anything. They're not pressuring you at all. You know, you, you feel like you've got a lot of time and space and, and you do, but there's just nothing to create because they're just sitting back. Um, so, yeah, it was it was incredibly boring that first period. And, and when, when you're watching one team purely play off of their their, you know. Broken play opportunities, it's going to be boring to watch. Yeah, and it's I mean, it's certainly not an exciting style, but it's super in, incredibly and- effective. Yeah. And, and it's exactly like the concern. Okay. Colorado speed got neutralized. What's their next answer? And their answer was, we'll find a different way to use their mm-hmm. speed. And if that continues to work, if they keep finding ways to open up the ice and, and peeling apart that, that shark's layering, then they keep finding little cracks in which they can use their speed to just zip in there. They're, they're going to be fine. They're going to have their, they're going to create their chances. Mm-hmm. They just showed that last night. You know, they, after a god-awful game one, the Comfort-Nieto-Calvert line was really, really good in the second Uh half of the game. And, like, super-duper earned the goal they scored. But they were so good in the third period especially where they just got on the ice and they just made life miserable for the Sharks. And, like, if that's going to happen, like, Colorado's top talent is Colorado's top talent. Like we're we're seeing that they have no answer. Like the Sharks are really good at forward. 
and they have no answer for Nathan and McKinnon, Miko Ranton, and Gabe Landeskog when those three get mm-hmm. out there together. When they when they get out there with just McKinnon, Landeskog, and Kerfoot, they have no yeah. answer for that line. Like they there is nothing they can do right now with Nathan McKinnon and Gabe Landeskog out there. Those dudes just get rolling downhill, and it's like, well, yeah, life is hard. Like, you know, hope to survive these fifty seconds, and then take advantage of the next three lines. Well, the other lines showed yeah. up, and that was the big problem for for San Jose last night. Is that the Avs? The Avs made their adjustments, and they got in. They got into the game, yeah. and and the lines they got multiple lines going. And that speed just it just wears you down when you spend all game chasing. Well, and and from from San Jose's standpoint, do you think you've got to be? I don't know about nervous, but or, or maybe if you're the Abs, you're feeling good that that you know San Jose made their big adjustment, and and it worked out you know for them for a couple periods. Well, the Abs pushed back and. San Jose didn't have much of a response. Now, this is a veteran team. You can expect that they'll have something, some kind of game plan put together by the time uh, the series shifts back to Denver tomorrow night. Uh, but honestly, man, you've got to be a little concerned, I imagine, if if you're the Sharks after, hey, you know, we, we thought we had found a way to neutralize the speed and the Avs were able to adjust right around it. The speed became a factor again. and And last night, is, is I think exactly what everyone saw in game seven against the Vegas Golden Knights is, is that San Jose is, is really, really going to struggle to skate with the abs if the abs can, can get skating. And, and the, I, I think the fact that the abs were able to kind of counter what the, the sharks were doing and get by that. All right, this is how we're going to slow it down and grind you out. Um, you got to be wondering what San Jose's move is next because if yeah, well, and they're going to get a different version of the Avs than they just got in games one and two because Pepsi Center Avs don't have any of that bull corn Shark Tank voodoo well, to deal well, right. with. The nonsense that created the last two goals that they scored last night to even make that game look close, yeah. So and dumb. and and that's and that's kind of what I'm saying here is. You know, you you made your adjustments at home where you were able to get the matchups and you were able to get guys against guys that you wanted and and you thought gave you the best chance to neutralize the the speed. Well, now you're 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 going on the road. They made they they made their adjustment, were able to take a game out of your building, and now they're heading back home where you don't get your matchups and they found a way around your teal picket fence. <laughs> and uh it's going to be interesting. This is this is where I don't Pierre, of course. Right? It was it was it, Pierre started it, and then they all jumped on board. They loved it. Uh, so it's it's going to be interesting, man, because th- th- this is where everyone has said, "All right, well, they're different than Calgary. They're going to be able to adjust. They're going to know what to do." Now they've got to go prove that they that they are this veteran grizzled, uh, you know club that that can you know make any kind of adjustment and and uh we'll see it's going to be interesting man yeah i uh i'm really looking forward to what's next it's going to be 
I mean, one one after after two games is uh, that's a victory for the yeah the road absolutely team absolutely. You're not in trouble till you lose a game at home. Uh, let's jump to a quick break. When we come back, more Avs Sharks round two. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. We will be right back. Tucked away from the city, Raccoon Creek is your go-to golf course. Their location in Littleton provides more than just a beautiful golfing experience. They have the perfect setting for year-round events with unbelievable views. Just a fun place to golf. There's a different atmosphere. It's a really nice course and it's fast greens. They have a good crew there, so it's always in good shape. They're having uh, comedy shows. They got like this really cool fire pit in the back now. It's changed a lot. There's a whole, whole new patio that has like the best views in Colorado. I think you can see the mountains, you see the golf course. You know, kind of like Cheers. Everybody knows your name and your handicap. That was Todd. He's been golfing at Raccoon Creek for years now, and it's his favorite golf course in the area because of the environment that they've created. Raccoon Creek has embraced technology, adding golf board rentals to their course, as well as updating their golf carts to be equipped with GPS that provides score updates of sporting events and live scoring for outings and tournaments. They also have an app where you can schedule tee times, receive happy hour specials, and stay up to date on all of their upcoming events. Download their app today and receive a free bucket of balls or check them out online at raccooncreek.com. Segment number two here, BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Want to remind you guys about that game-changing coffee. Strava Craft Coffee is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives and their reviews are incredible, so make sure you check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It has even helped decrease anxiety. CBD is all natural and non-psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and we could not recommend it more to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the promo code BSN2019 at checkout and get it shipped straight to your door. Jesse Montano, AJ Hayfley here talking abs, sharks. Games one and two are in the books. The abs are coming back to Pepsi Center with the series tied one-to-one as they earn the split in San Jose. Uh, break some of that uh, that that SAP Center bad luck that has been plaguing them for years and years and years. They get to come back to the friendly confines of the Pepsi Center for at least a couple games. AJ, you know we talked when uh, the Abs acquired Sam Gerrard. It was hey, you know this is a uh, you know lefty kid. Maybe you're looking at a future top pairing of Kale McCarr and Sam Gerrard. We can dream, right? Ha 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 ha. Well, last night, the Avs start the game with a pairing of Kale McCarr and Sam Gerrard. Split them up briefly there in the first period as the Avs kind of tried to feel their way, uh, you know, through through kind of a challenging first period where they were where they were kind of slowed down. Once they got their legs going, Sam Gerrard and Kale McCarr were reunited, and they were really, really good. Two 20-year-olds on the blue line, one righty, one lefty, both phenomenal skaters, and AJ, it was a ton of fun to watch. Is that McCarr Gerard pairing? Is it already here? Are we five games into this era and is it already here? Um it's certainly close, right? Like the there's a there's a temptation to say it's here. They're gonna take over the world now. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you got to remember these are two 20 year olds. So, like, let's 
let's temper the expectations for now. Uh, but I think after last night, I think it's safe to say we got a glimpse of the future in that we know what Colorado's top pairing is going to be a year from now. Mm-hmm. Maybe two years from now if it's a little slower. But But you'd expect that from here going forward, you'll see McCarr and Gerard paired together a fair amount. Uh, yeah, I think I think they'll try and work them in together. Um, you know, it's going to take time to break some old habits and some trust from some of the other guys, where you just give the minutes to somebody else. Um, but I I think we're going to see that pairing start to get put together enough. And if they keep doing work like they did last night, then good luck, everybody else. Yeah, so, so I mean, you're watching that, and, you know, there, there's obviously the one shift in particular um, that, that's stuck in everyone's head where the, those two went out there, and, I mean, they just put on a clinic, you know, stretched across the length of the blue line. Um, what a nightmare for any any, you know, any forwards out high trying to cover those two, uh, you know, there, there, there's just so many tools, so many weapons. The vision is so good. Let's let's talk about Kale McCarr here a minute. You know, we talked a lot about him after um, game three in round one. You know, obviously he comes out, he scores a goal. Uh, everyone's feeling good. He's picked up two assists since then. What have you thought of Kale McCarr and, and how he's been able to jump Right in, and honestly, AJ, you know, I know there's been a couple plays. He gets out muscled in front last night by a Vander King. I don't I actually don't even know if that's necessarily out muscled. He it looked to me like he went out to block the shot and and just disengaged with a Vander Kane, which I don't know if that's better or worse. You know, he's I didn't have a problem with that coverage. You didn't, yeah. I, I mean, like, I really didn't because I mean, the rebound is what makes the coverage the problem, and right. so right. you're you're like okay. The coverage is not really the problem. So, so because you can't account for where that rebound is going, right? And like I said, it, it looked to me like Kale McCarr came out to to try to make a play on the puck and and left the Vander Kane, uh, you know, there. It wasn't necessarily like he got beat out or lost. Um, other than you know a couple plays like that, and you can definitely tell there's been a couple where um, he's had he's had pucks poked off his stick with moves that he you know he would normally get away from. Other than the you know the odd play here or there, Kale McCarr has looked you know like he fits right in. Doesn't look out of place at all so far to me. No. What have you thought of his game overall? The guy's not out of place. It's insane to watch. Uh, I mean, it's it's just as impressive as when Charlie McAvoy showed up uh, and played twenty minutes a night for the Bruins in their playoff run a few years ago. You know, where you're just like, to drop a kid who's never played in this league, and like, this is a hard league, especially for young defensemen, where they're going to they're gonna learn some painful lessons along the way. And, you know, McCarr's gotten a little lucky. Uh, the couple of, 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 like, real blunders that he's made have not in any way bit them. Um, so, you know, he's he's lived a little large there. Mm-hmm. But he also hasn't made a ton of mistakes. No. You know, it wasn't, it's not like the same as like when Ryan Graves had like 12 straight games of perf- like everything went his way the whole game, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and it was like every single mistake that he made was minimized for whatever reason. 
wasn't wasn't quite like that. Um, but it was it it has been he has been on the fortunate side when he has made mistakes. But he's he's physical. Uh, he engages physically, and and we said coming in, people were going to be surprised with one how advanced his defensive game already was. Mm-hmm. It's not like he's lost, and his willingness to get physical with guys. Yeah, and it's made a big difference. He engages, and guys aren't guys aren't expecting it. You know, you think of Kale McCarr, and you're like, oh yeah. You think of this guy that's skating pucks out and and scoring goals and racking up points and blah 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 blah. But he's a complete player, and he's showing that, uh, and that, and that he can handle being on the back end, uh, and and the trust that he earned. You know, the when when they scored the ultimately the game winning goal last night, they got that empty netter. Who's back there on the ice? Mm-hmm. You know, like what does that say about how the Avs coaching staff has gone all in with this kid already? That. They're, they they pull the goalie and they're like, all right, who's who's the guy that we're, who's one of the guys we want out there in this situation who can provide us with a little bit of offense because the Avs have always kind of like balanced it that way, you know they'll throw a Gabe Bork out there they'll throw Nathan McKinnon out there, mm-hmm. you know they want to balance that offensive and defensive approaches to uh to okay. We want to protect our net, but we also want to take advantage of an offensive opportunity if it presents itself. Mm-hmm. You know, last night it was Calvert with McKinnon and it worked perfectly. But Kale McCarr was also out there on the ice, and that is ultra impressive. Well, and 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 your comment about about him, you know, his willingness to engage physically—that's something you and I have talked about for a long time. Is is that you know, man? He's going to catch a lot of people off guard. It was funny in, in round one, uh, you know, in, in in for game three, I had someone tell me, "Man, I'm just scared that uh, Matthew Kachuk is is just going to light him up." I said, "Matthew Kachuk needs to be just as worried that Kale McCarr is going to light him up." And someone said, "Oh, I, I don't think he's worried about that." Kale McCarr can throw his weight around. I, that hit yeah. he put on Melker Carlson did not look like it felt good last night. Um, to me, man, I, I, I could not be more impressed um, through through his first five games. Obviously, there's you know, you, you're expecting him to to you know stumble at some point. It's it's his first ever NHL experience. The stakes are at their highest. You're you're expecting him to to. Like I said, you know, trip over his shoelaces a little bit at some point, but so yeah. far through the first five games, uh, wow, has he been really, really impressive, man. Uh, on the opposite end of that spectrum, maybe part of the reason why he's being trusted with so much ice time, Eric Johnson, relative to the rest of the decor, really looks like he has, I don't necessarily know if I want to say struggled um, but he definitely looks, he, he's being outplayed by at least four other guys right now. I'll put it that way. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's to the point where you're like something wrong, right? Like we've seen EJ at a certain level for such a long time that this is hard to watch at times. And because you're, you're watching 
a couple of, I mean, you're watching the Young Bucks rise to the occasion. You know, Gerard with a really good game two response after a not good game one. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Kale McCarr, obviously, doing what he's doing. But then you have, you know, Tyson Berry, obviously, has played in, as a, a whale of playoffs so far. I mean, I mean, it, it, it was... I don't know if you watched any of the post-game stuff, AJ, but no. it, there was a little bit of vindication there. I mean, you should have heard these guys, uh, you know, going on about about Tyson Berry. He's not quite Brent Burns, but this is a Brent Burns-esque player. Uh, you know, one of the best defensemen in the league. Doesn't get talked about near enough. This is an elite guy near the top of the, you know, top of the league as far as defensemen go. I was like, oh, hmm. That's that's that feels kind of good. You're like, oh yeah, I'm here for <laughs> yeah. this. This is super on brand yeah. for me. I was like, all right, all right. Five years later, I guess I'll take it. Five years later, everyone else caught up. But uh, no, but all, all jokes aside, I mean, you're right, man. I, again, take the take the 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 Barry. Should he be traded? Should he not? You know, w- take whatever camp you're in. Throw it out. He has been absolutely fantastic this postseason he's been awesome man like he's been awesome and there isn't any denying any of that and i don't want to hear any of this from there he gives back what he creates because so far that shit ain't true yeah he's been rock solid Um, at both ends through through the abs first uh first seven playoff games there's no ifs ands or buts there's no debate he's been great so far that's tough that's tough Mm -hmm. it's it's but but so you look at that you it's really impressive like the way that he's just been like mm, I guess I'm just gonna talk yeah. right now and you're like well, okay I guess that's fine but and like Zadorov has been so good next yeah time. we have not talked about him a lot but like I went and told I went and talked to Z uh, before uh, the the series started. And I was like, I sat down next to him and I was like, man, I was like, you've been playing really well lately. And he was like, oh, thank you. And I was like, so what's got in India? I was like, you, you got tired of taking penalties and you just decided to dominate games in other ways. And he kind of laughed like that deep Z mm-hmm. laugh, you know, or, in, oh, you know, like that, like big Russian Santa that yeah. he is. Yeah. And, and he just, and he was just like, oh, you know, I'm. I'm finally playing the way I feel like I can play all the time. And I swear to God, if this is who Z is going to be, and this happens to me every year where Z plays really well at the end of the year, and I'm like, okay, if this is who he's going to be. He's going to take a big step forward. And he's going to be really, really good. But it's like, if this is who he's going to be, like, and if Z and Barry are going to continue to work this well together, and then you have, like, a Gerard and McCarr that decide they're just going to take over the world together, you know, like, you're you're like, oh, my gosh, like, this defense has such a different element to it. Well, if, you know, man, it, it, it seriously doesn't, and, and we're going to go to break here soon, so that's my promise to you that this won't turn into a Tyson Barry trade cast, but... You know, this is now back-to-back years that we've seen for an extended stretch Tyson Berry and Nikita Zadorov play really, really well together and and feed off of each other's strengths uh, and and really create a a rock-solid pairing. This is two years in a row that we've seen that. 
to your point, if if this is now what you can expect on most nights, you're not going to get this every night. You're not going to get it for a full 82 games and, and every night of the playoffs. You're not going to. But if this is what you can start expecting regularly long-term, and then like you said, McCarr and Gerard are, are going to start doing their thing, maybe that's your top four. And, and, and you do start saying, all right, we're just going to pay this man and, and it, he's going to be part of a dominant top four for the next five years. And, and then you can, you can keep Johnson and Cole as your bottom pairing. And that's one hell of a, of a bottom pairing. If you even want to call it that, uh, but you know, that kind of becomes your shutdown and, uh, Wow, this this could be a, a, a really top end decor if 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 what we're seeing can start becoming the, the new norm. It it, it changes everything. It changes the dynamic of your blue line completely. Well, and it's it's exactly what and and for the first time ever, the abs are kind of on the cutting edge of this. Mm-hmm. Because everybody else is is rushing to get these guys, right? You know, Chicago's Chicago's been gobbling up defensemen in the draft. They've drafted five of them in the top two rounds in the last couple of years, all sort of from the similar cut from a similar cloth of skating and puck moving ability. None of them big guys, right? Well, San Jose is um, so desperate to do it. They took a kid with huge, huge question marks in yeah. his character. I mean, that was I mean, that was a great pick for them. Just given where they were, they'll never get a talent. Like no, that. totally, totally. Um, but but it's like, but it's like, yeah, exactly. Like, obviously, whatever happens with Merkley will happen. But um, took the took the home run swing for oh. sure. And I tell you, uh, Colorado. I mean, they're here. Like, this is not potential. Oh, we've got to wait two or three years. We've got to do this. We've got. They're here. Those dudes are in the NHL, in the NHL playoffs right now, finding success. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a long way to go, obviously. I think I think we, we would do well to have AD's natural skepticism kind of overshadowing us right now. So I think we're both feeling pretty good right but, now. But the series has a long way to go. But when you project out these guys and their abilities and you look at them with a long-term lens – there's nothing but positivity. You can look at four of these guys and be like, "Oh my god!" Well, and and these guys are going to be an absolute handful. Well, honestly, I, I don't know how you're any other coach, GM, player, uh, agent. I don't know how you're anybody else in the league, and you didn't watch that shift from Makar and Gerard, and then you're seeing what Tyson Berry is doing. I don't know how you're not going – you're not – I mean, P is probably just running down your leg at this point. The the thought of having to, to – to, you know, by the way, you got to contain Nathan McKinnon. All right, Nathan McKinnon got off the ice. Here comes Miko Rantanen. All right, you shut down Miko Rantanen. Makar and Gerard are coming up the ice behind him. And, and it's like, holy smokes. At, at what point – you know, we talk about the Avs depth and, oh, it's going to be hard for teams to, you know, it's going to be hard for the Avs to match depth. There's a lot of high-end offensive talent rolling over the boards right now for the Avs. And and talk about being hard to handle. There's a there's a legitimate scoring threat on the ice for the Avs on, on, on most given situations right now. 
Yeah, I think uh, when you look at how they're how they've been built, uh, you know, they're not like you look at San Jose. A lot of good forwards, but their their elite guys have kind of aged out. You know, when they had Thornton and Marlowe as like their lead dogs, those were you know those were their mm-hmm. best years. And now their best guys are on the back end, and it's really hard to win a cup that way, uh, as Nashville and San Jose continue to prove to us every year uh, that it's it's really hard to win a cup that way when your best guys are on your blue line. You need to have elite guys on your blue line, but you've got to have the studs up front. And right now, Colorado's got that. They, you know, are they lacking the forward depth? Absolutely. But that forward depth, you know, we say, oh, are they lacking it? You know, but they're one one mm-hmm. in the second round. Like that tells you yeah. everything to me. Well, I mean, like they're one one in the second round, man. They are they are eleven wins away from winning a freaking Stanley Cup. You want to? They are not that far off from any. You anything. don't need to tell me. There's there's a lot of guys already in place, and most of those guys, all of those key pieces, are going to be here long term. The only one that's a question mark is Tyson Berry, and even then, you're still talking about they are they are going to have every opportunity to add and fill and and finish up. You know, quote unquote, finish up like roster <laughs> building ever finishes. Um, you know, the, the construction of what could be a, a legitimate buzzsaw well, in the and, next and, few years. Like, this is their arrival, man. This is it. This is them announcing to the world that they're, like, the eighth seed stuff is no longer going to be good enough. If they're an eighth seed next year, it's a massive disappointment. I mean, you don't have to tell me about their, their depth. I mean, you and I have been saying all year. The depth is there. The, 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 it's, it's all in the points. You can say that they don't have the depth all you want, but the fact of the matter is, from, a, from a, a scoring depth perspective, the abs were near the top of the league. Again, that was what always made me laugh all season long. You know, We would tell people, factually, the abs are just fine from a depth standpoint. You can't seriously look at this team and think that they're fine. I'm telling you, when you look at this team relative to the rest of the league, they're Scoring depth is deeper than most. We've been saying it all year long. That's you know that's not a surprise to you and me. And to your point, I I, <clears throat> I definitely think it would be good to you know have AD here being a little bit sobering. And I think I think we know that, right? I think everybody listening to this knows. Hey, look, the series is one to one. You still have to win three more just to get out of this series. Right. But the reason I'm I'm personally I'm having a hard time living in the moment with that because like. We've been so future right. focused for so long that it's still it's still like look this is just the beginning this well, is just the beginning you know and it's it's almost difficult to be like okay well the this is this is this is going much better than we expected and I don't know really well, how else to say that you know man what it is is that you know we we came into this and they pulled Calgary right and everyone said ah, kind of an up and down season for the Avs. Calgary was great all year. You know, they've just been running through people, the offense. Well, you know, let's let's see what they can do. And they dominated. And 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 then you know, it was okay, well, yeah, but they pulled the Sharks and they've always struggled against the Sharks and and going into Shark the Shark Tank and you know, the, <clears throat> I know it's easy to say they've got the speed advantage, but San Jose has always we've qualified everything, right? It's always been they're here, but yeah, right. well, and and it right. just seems like every time we turn around, they're they're handling teams, 
and 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 it's not this you know apprehensive they're outclassed it's just fun that they're here again it's they're in these games they're taking it to these top teams and it's so hard not to be encouraged because it's it's every time we've said this team's going to get pushed around here or pushed around there that they they're not and they're punching you know top seeded teams square in the mouth and to your point it's it's them kind of saying we're not we're not doing this anymore we're not doing this eighth seed squeak in hey look at us it's fun that we're back and oh we haven't been here since joe sackick did this and we haven't done that it's it's no we're here and we are taking it to you and it's just a ton of fun to watch and it's hard not to get ahead of yourself um, but we're going to take a break and slow our roll just a little bit. Uh, we come back, we'll kind of put a bow on uh, on games one and two, take a look around the rest of the second round very briefly, and uh, get out of here for the day. Start the week off right. BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by Total Beverage. We will be right back. Hey, BSN fans, your favorite Colorado Sports Network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer, and we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the bar page where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want. Just go to bsnbars.com and you can get one free Coors Banquet at any bar on that list. All you have to do is show the bartender the VIP image on that page in your browser and you can retrieve a free Coors Banquet beer at any of those bars. There are over 20 bars there. You're sure to find one close to you. It's bsnbars.com. Find a bar and get a free Coors Banquet on the house. Thanks for listening to the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Third and final segment here, BSN Avalanche Podcast, presented by Total Beverage. Jesse Montano, AJ Hayfley, talking Avs Sharks round two. Games one and two are behind us. The Avs come home with an even series split. AJ, I think it's 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 it's, it's as much as you could have asked for coming out of San Jose. Uh, we knew odds were they weren't going to take both. That's a building they've struggled in for so long. Uh, Things just never seem to go their way. Even held true last night in a game they win as the Sharks made the game interesting late uh, off of a Alexander Kerfoot shot that was blocked that knocked his skate steal out. And then Brent Burns somehow gets the puck right back and then scores off of a Tyson Berry deflection. Yeah, let's, I mean, uh, as crazy as those two bounces were. Can we talk about the whole skate blade thing for a sec? So I actually, uh, my dad called me last night and we talked about it. That's so funny you say that. Go ahead. So, okay, well, what did you guys talk about? Well, not well, to like delve into your family stuff. No, no, no. It's it's funny because because he said, "What's going on?" He said, "Why did why is this happening so much now?" I never remember this happening. Well, what a lot of skate manufacturers did, and it's it's. A fantastic concept. It's a great. It, it's great in theory. Anyone that's ever played hockey and has and has uh, had anything happen to their steel, or they just had to replace their steels, know that it is a, a pain to get them in and out. Especially when you're playing a game, it takes a long time. So what skate manufacturers did was they put a quick release. It's essentially a little trigger. Uh, on the on the blade holder, you press it, the skate blade comes right out. Again, 
great in theory, really quick to swap steals in and out, especially at the pro level when they're doing that a lot. Well, the issue is with as hard as these pucks are shot and as fast as they're moving, they're hitting the skate blade holders, uh, causing those those triggers to you know, depress and it's releasing the skate steel and it's just happening at such a frequent rate that, that the skate manufacturer are going to have to do something or the players are going to start or, or, or the players are just going to start opting for traditional runners because blades are popping out of the the holders all the time now. So that's the issue is a great concept by skate manufacturers to make it, you know, changing a skate seal a little easier is now kind of backfiring because they're falling out all over the place. Uh, okay. So that took a turn. That wasn't where I thought that was going, but let's, what, what I'm curious about is on ice, how should officials handle that? Oh, because, because so like, if you watch that play, you know, Kerfoot's skate blade is, is broken. And they gain, I mean, the Sharks gained a clear advantage from the fact that he can do nothing about it. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not like a guy broke a stick and he can still physically be involved, even though he doesn't have the stick and he's compromised. He's physically out of the play and there's nothing he can do because he can't get to the bench. Well, and and that's that's the craziest part about it is, I I mean, in in a lot of instances, the the guys are are literally just helpless. They can't, you, you can't do anything. You can't prop yourself up with that one skate to push with the other. Um, they're they're totally helpless. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, should they should they consider a, a something for that kind of situation? Because I mean, they you can't say it didn't create a clear advantage. Burns didn't. Burns was able to walk down there, and the Avs didn't have a guy to go out and cover him because he was sitting at center ice, laying on the ground because he can't stand up. You know, for yeah. me, it's and and you don't want to, you don't want to like. I don't know how that could be abused. It's not like guys are going to be laying down ripping their skate blades out. You know, it was like in that situation where it, it so obviously broke his skate. Um, where it's just like, it's like, dude, like <laughs> this team, this team is is that just one of those things where it's like that's hockey and you don't worry about that anymore. Like, is, should, should we not be trying to litigate that? Or is that is that something where maybe they can say, hey, you know, I mean, we saw, you remember, of course, Tuka Rask's epic meltdown when yeah. his skate blade broke and he was screaming at the official and then he got, he gave up a goal and he threw it across the ice because that's what Tuka does. Mm-hmm. See, I, I think, I think if it happens to a goalie, it should be, they should blow the whistle because. Stop play. Yeah, because you 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 you're at such a disadvantage as a goalie. You know, you 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 can push off one way, but you can't stop yourself. You know, and and then right. once you're once you're that way, that's it. So I think if it I mean, happens, you're a one-legged man, right? So so I think if it happens to a goalie, you should stop it. Uh, I I don't know how I feel about it happening to a player and you stopping play. Um, it, it's one of those things where it creates a clear advantage for one team, but at the same time, why punish that team for the other team's equipment malfunction? You know, um, that's an interesting one. That's definitely something that I'd be willing to bet that something will go into place this summer. Uh, either the league will tell 
you know, skate manufacturers that they can't be doing those anymore or, uh, or, or I don't know. I, I think they'll probably do something because it's happened a lot this year. It's happened yeah, it's, a lot. It's, I mean, it's becoming like a more, a, it's become enough of a common, a common enough problem. Jesus, AJ, <laughs> that I, I am curious about how people around the game feel about it. Cause for me, I'm like, well, this is a clear advantage. Like there, and there's, and there's, no planning for it. There's no creating it. It's not like it's not like Burns was shooting at Kerfoot's foot. Mm-hmm. You know, Kerfoot just turned his foot to the outside to block the shot. He did a great job, but he got punished for it. And that's that also seems like that's not right either. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's. I I thought it was an interesting situation. Uh, I thought the combination of bounces was hilarious, and it was also like. This is this is exactly how hockey can be. <laughs> well, and and I laughed. I <clears throat> I laughed too. And I know you're fired up and all that stuff. And and uh, but I, I laughed because you know Brent Burns is like banging on the glass. It's like, dude, you just had ten different things go your way. Don't sit there and bang on the glass like you just made an all star play. You had yeah, you had like the luckiest series of events take place possible. Yeah, and, I mean, culminating with the goal where, like, you didn't like like six snipe, bro, where Tyson hits sight Tyson very stick and goes five hole on a guy that knew you were going glove. Well, th- th- that's what like, I'm saying. You know, like it was like it was like that moment in Goon. You could totally hear Grubauer going, "He's going glove, mother." Yeah, <laughs> and 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 he was totally he totally was he was totally going glove, and then it hit the stick and it bounced five hole, and you're like, okay, like that's that's messed up. Yeah. Um, AJ, let's, let's very, very quickly, uh, wrap this up. I just want to talk very briefly about the other three series that are going on. Um, we should, we should do that tomorrow. Very, very quickly. I said, all right, that's fine. I mostly want to hear your thoughts on, on the aisles I think that's the, the uh, only one that I'm, I'm all the others. I don't even really want to discuss because they're going exactly how we, how we thought they would all, uh, splits through games one and two except for the canes islanders i know it's an eastern conference series and and abs fans aren't probably paying attention to it but we talk about something special happening with the abs how about the canes huh talk about getting lucky man the the like the fogel goal yesterday was great as a great shot but like the bounces that they're getting just insane dude like it's it's so crazy to me that I mean, it's it's hockey. Like it's the the Devon Taves goal yesterday that got disallowed because he was behind the goal line and he dragged his foot and he kicked the puck back out in front of the net. And then um, I can't remember if it was Mrazek or McElhaney. McElhaney. Uh, okay, so it was McElhaney that that deflected it into his own yep. net. And that counted as a kicked in goal. I was like, this is so stupid. Yeah. I Like the guy's behind the net. It's not, he's not kicking it in the net. He's not even kicking it on goal. There's no way that puck goes in without somebody else touching mm-hmm. it. And that, 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 that didn't count. Like had it hit a player's stick and gone in, it would have been fine. But because it bounces off the inside of, of McElhaney's pads and goes in, it gets disallowed. Like, it's like, whatever, dude. Yeah. Like it's, to me, that was that was so stupid, and it was just one of those things where the NHL is like, we want more scoring, but 
these goals are okay, these goals aren't okay, and these goals are okay. Like, that stuff frustrates yeah. me. Um, but the rest of that series, look, I didn't pick the Islanders in the first round for this reason. I think they had the offensive horses to do it. Um, and Jordan Eberle was their best player in that series. Jordan Eberle outplayed Crosby, Malkin, Kessel, all those guys. Like, Jordan Eberle was awesome. Yeah. And now in the second round, it's like, well, Jordan Eberle has come back yeah, to Yeah, Jordan Eberle is Jordan Eberle. And, right, like an inconsistent but dynamic offensive player when he's hot. And, you know, the rest of that, it's it's been weird because I, I made the joke that nobody plays more 2-1 games than Carolina. But that, I mean, it's it's been frustrating just because the Islanders have arguably outplayed the, the Hurricanes. Not by, like, a huge amount. It's not like they're getting stomped or anything. But when you play that tight checking of a game and that low scoring of a game, you're susceptible to the bounce, to the one, you know, the one goal that randomly goes off a guy's skate or, you know, the the deflection goal where, you know, you, you throw the puck on net 45 times a game and the one time it goes in, you get the goal. Mm-hmm which seems to be the offensive philosophies of both the Avs and Sharks, by the way. That's that's like where all their offense is coming from right now is, hey, we're just going to throw pucks on net and hope that something good happens. Mm-hmm. Instead of like, hey, we're, we're shooting. You know, it's like, oh, we're just going to throw this near the net and hope that it hits something and goes in. Anyway, that series, that's really all it is right now is it's it's – Two nothing, and it could have just as easily been two nothing the other way. Mm-hmm. One one decision here, there, one call here, there, uh, whatever it is. Um, it's it's very it's a very close series. I'll be curious uh, how the Islanders handle going into into Raleigh. Um, if they lose this series, they should one hundred percent know it's because they wasted time going to Brooklyn and playing in Barclays Center, where they're a visiting team too. Their home ice advantage just doesn't exist in Barclays Center the way that it does when they're in Uniondale. Uh, when they're when they're out there at Nassau, they are. I mean, that crowd is insane, and they play they play a different game. They play a different with a different energy, a different buzz, uh, and that they would ever even waste time going back to Barclays ever again is beyond me. I don't know the elements that are involved in that, but whoever it is should be kicking out like there's a rodeo or some nonsense at Nassau kick them kick those dudes out you're in the playoffs you're playing for keeps here last question I'll ask you for today AJ is did you see the newest Simpsons skit with the uh I just saw I just saw whatever clip was where they took a shot at the senators and I heartily yeah yeah that was it I just thought it was super funny yeah uh, I don't watch The Simpsons, but it got posted enough on Twitter last night when everybody was doing their best to ruin Game of Thrones for everybody else. Horrible. Um, and it was just like 14 seconds of just giggles. I was like, well, <laughs> I'm not a Simpsons fan. I'm, I'm not not a fan. I just don't watch it. Yeah. And it was funny. It was funny to see them earn their bones on that one. I had a good yeah, laugh. That was good. Although I don't like American audiences are going to be like, okay, well, we'll see. And that's, that's what I loved about it is they did that knowing that that was a joke for a very specific group of people. And they, yeah. and they nailed it. I love jokes like mm-hmm. that. Like where like somebody will listen to the podcast and I'll say something and I'll be like, those three people will get mm-hmm. it. And no one else will. And no one else will find it funny. And that's fine. 
I'm okay with that yeah. because it's not the joke's not for it's them. not meant for you. Yeah. yeah, it's meant for the people exactly. that will find it funny. Um, AJ, let's get out of here for today. Uh, we will be back tomorrow to talk a little bit more about the playoffs and and the Abs heading into Game Three. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, um, these playoffs it, it, it's been crazy, and schedules have been crazy, and. These eight o'clock starts have have definitely thrown some wrenches into uh, some of our plans, but uh, thank you guys so much for sticking with us. This has been a ton of fun, guys, and uh, and we've still um, got a ways to go. The series is tied one to one as it shifts back to Denver for Game Three tomorrow night, eight p.m. Uh, Mountain Time. Excuse me for Adrian Dater and AJ. Oh. Hey, Whoa. they just announced Game Five uh, start time too. Eight o'clock on Saturday. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so eight o'clock back in San Jose on Saturday for Game Five. So we're sticking with the uh, late start theme. Yesterday was a nice brush of fresh air. Fresh air uh, with the five thirty start. For Adrian Dater and AJ Hayfley, I'm Jesse Montano. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by Total Beverage. Thank you guys all so much for listening. Ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.